This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. It's Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. Hello, Jake. Hello. On the calendar, we are exactly one month away from opening day in Park City. Let's go. Love it. It is raining and snowing. Love it. And you need to subscribe to The Monty Show on YouTube. Just find us on the old YouTube machine. Google search The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Or just go to themontyshow.com. Click that subscribe button. And when we get to 3,000 subs, we are going to give away this Xbox Series S 500 gigabytes of manpower. Yeah. All you have to do is take a picture that you're subscribed. Uh, Tag The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Jake is SLC Supercars. Tag us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And at 3,000 subs, we're going to give this Xbox away. So hook that up. By the way, also while you're tagging us, you probably should follow us. Getting crazy. I have mm-hmm. a TikTok post that's viral. It's got over 4.3 million views. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, um, in the midst of all of that, it is opening night in the NBA. So let's get right to work here on the Monty Show. Um, it's finally over. What feels like one of the shortest off seasons it took forever to get through is finally over. And everybody is looking at the big teams like the Lakers and the Nets. Can the Nets win without Kyrie? Are the Lakers too old? Are the Utah Jazz still elite? With all of the changes that this roster went through, Jake, I'll pose the same question to you. Are the Utah Jazz still elite? I mean, they're still a great team. Are they elite? I'm not I'm not going to say that they're amongst the elites in the NBA because I think that that group of teams is very, very small. Um, you know, the, the elite groups in the NBA are the Nets. Uh, obviously, the Bucks. you have to put them in there because they won a championship. Um, and on paper, I think the Lakers. But I still have some reservations about the Lakers, and, and, and I just need to see them put it together. So for the Jazz, I, I think that the Jazz are a top-five team in the West. I think the Jazz in their season is going to be largely defined by load management and and uh, injury prevention. I, I think the Jazz have to do a much better job of keeping their guys healthy because everybody, you know, we all remember the conversations and they still come up, which is, hey, like, you know, if we were healthy, we would have gone farther. Or we would have beat the Clippers or whatever the case may be. And so what I'm saying is top priority this year is to be healthy, like like load manage Donovan, load manage Mike Conley. Use jingles the right way. You know, you give Jared Butler, you know, 25 minutes a night because he's earned that in the preseason. He's shown you what he can do. So are they still elite? No, I don't think they're elite by, you know, you know, by number one team in the West standards. No, I don't think they're that team. But I do think that they're a top five team in the West, depending on how all this shakes out. You know, like one of the biggest question marks I have right now is the Phoenix Suns. You know, what's what's going to happen with this DeAndre Ayton situation, you know? How does that play out as the season progresses? You look, you go and you look at the Nuggets. You know, Michael Porter Jr. won't get vaccinated, so he's not going to be available. You look at Jamal Murray coming off the ACL. What's he like, you know? Then I look at the Warriors and I say, 
Klay Thompson's coming off of an ACL and Achilles. Like, he's coming off of a lot of stuff. So what what are the Warriors like? So I really think, you know, right here today, are the Jazz an elite team? No, I don't think they're the best team in the West. I don't think they're a top two team in the West. They're a top five team in the West. That said, that can all change very quickly depending on who stays healthy and 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 who doesn't. Obviously, we saw that last year. So that's what I would say about the Jazz. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how much health changes. I mean, you have clearly more depth. The Jared Butler pick was highway robbery. Um, I think that was clearly, in my opinion, that's the win of the offseason. Um, free agency be damned. I'm telling you that Jared Butler at 40, uh, when you moved back to get him, um, to me seems like a home run. Um, you know, it feels like he can come in and contribute right now, which is obviously what this team needs. I mean, this team without Mike Conley was a vastly different basketball team. So, you know, for me, I, I feel like the big win for the Jazz is in fact that, um, you know, they, they have the horses now to actually leverage depth. Yeah. And for me, I think that's a big deal. And when, when I look at this Jazz team, obviously it so clearly rotates around Donovan Mitchell. But I'm interested to see this jump shot out of Rudy Gobert. Was that a preseason trick? Um, or is that something that he can do on a regular basis? Because I think it really opens up the paint offensively for the Jazz to do other things. Um, I think that's a huge storyline. But again, we can have this conversation. We could talk about all these things. I think the biggest question for this Jazz team is, can they keep their top eight guys healthy all season long and have them at peak condition going into the postseason? Because that's not been the case the last couple of years. They've had a big name or two that have not been available to them for the postseason, and it's kept them, frankly, from getting to the Western Conference Finals. My biggest question is, can you keep your core healthy going to the postseason? Because I think if they can do that, the Utah Jazz can play on any floor with any club. So I, I think that's a huge question. You know, the other thing is, I wonder how much this bench comes together because yeah. I think, you know, one of the interesting questions is how good is the Jazz depth at this point? Um, Rudy Gay is an interesting guy to me. This heel surgery and everybody says, oh, it's no big deal. He's just going to be out a month yeah, or so. It's no big deal. Well, What's he's, the problem? When you're 87 years old and you have heel surgery, it's kind of a big deal, right? So this is a guy that's a veteran. I think this is more a big deal than it's not a big deal. And I'm interested to see, like, you know, how does Eric Pascal fit into the big man rotation? Is there going to be a young guy that's going to get significant minutes? I mean, is Trent Forrest a guy that you can see playing 20 minutes a night? Because I don't see that. So I look at Yudoka Azabuki. I look at, you know, Mia Oni. I look at Trent Forrest. I look at the young guys that you're trying to develop. And Jake, I don't know that I see one of those guys that's going to break into the rotation and get major minutes this year. Yeah, and I think, you know, to add to that, I think we all know that Quinn just is not real big on playing young guys in the regular season. You know, he's not real big on on giving guys like Elijah Hughes or Oni a ton of minutes, you know. And, and I think, you know, like for Oni, I would guess that he would get some more, you know, more minutes this year than he did last year. But still, that's not a lot of minutes overall, you know. Um, he typically comes in in defensive purposes. So I just think overall this this jazz season is going to be defined um, by the health of the starting five and, and whether or not Hassan Whiteside coming off the bench can be a force to be reckoned with because that was a problem for the jazz. When Rudy went off the floor, issues started to arise, you know, and, and so can Hassan Whiteside beat the other team's second secondary big coming off the bench? Can if he can do that consistently, the Jazz are going to win a lot of ball games. But I but I think overall, 
you know, the, the bench on any NBA team has to be consistent. You got to be able to go to your bench and, and be able to pull, you know, 10, 15 points, you know, uh, a night every time you bring that bench mob out. And, and that's what I think the Jazz are missing. You know, you look at the Clippers, let's say, and we all know and love that bench. You know, that bench comes in and produces. <laughs> you know, you look at you look at the Suns, yeah. same thing, comes in and produces, gives you quality minutes. So that's one of the biggest things. If you're a Jazz fan, I'm, you know, if I had to kind of like put these in different sort of like sections or bullet points on a piece of paper, you know, the first one would be overall health of the team. Can can the team stay healthy? You know, how how many games has Donovan missed this year? You know, is he just uh, and are those games that he misses just rest games? You know, are those just like load management games or does he sustain a serious injury this year? That's number one. Then number two, yes, bench performance. You know, if if you sustain injury, let's say Mike Conley does get hurt, can Jared Butler be a starter? And then can you backfill that? That remains to be seen. And on that point, is Quinn Snyder more willing to play more guys? Is he willing to play eight, nine guys instead of six or seven guys? That remains to be seen. Wow. So that's a big one. You know, I think a lot of their injury issues came from the fact that they were tired. You know, Joe Ingles, you know, I love Joe, but the problem was he was tired because they ran his ass down. They, they ran him into the ground with how many minutes they played him. That can't happen this year. So overall, I just think that 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 this team, I do agree that this team has the talent to play with anybody in the league. I don't think that there's a team in the league that that the Jazz cannot hang with or or beat any whether that's you know at Viv or on the road. I think they're that good. But I I really do think that this season will be defined by Quinn Snyder's willingness to play guys that still have something to prove. And 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 oftentimes when coaches do that, you get these great stories of guys coming off the bench and being a six man of the year when no one thought they could. So that's specifically what what I look for in this team. Well, I, I'm I think Quinn Snyder I as you know, I'm a big Quinn Snyder fan. I I I haven't hit that at all. I think that he's got more weapons now. His hesitation has always been to play young guys. And I think if I were Quinn Snyder, I'd still be hesitant to play these young guys. Because Trent Forrest, I still maintain, is pretty limited. Um, and I just don't see that Doke has a place on the floor right now on this team, especially, you know, with what we saw at a Hassan Whiteside. I don't know why you would play Yudoka Azabuki instead of Whiteside. Well, like you look at Trent Forrest. That's a great example. The guy's mm -hmm. already hurt, right? The guy's already going through it. So so yeah. that's my point. Like, <laughs> like how how durable is this team? I mean, we've had commenters before in the past, you know, and maybe someone already brought it up today, but in the past we've had people ask us, do we think that this team is a gritty team? Do we think that this team has has toughness? And, and I say, yeah, they're probably a little light in that area. You know, guys like Trent Forrest are probably a bit soft. You know, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I find it fascinating, the whole Quinn Snyder conversation, because I think there's a large sect of Jazz fans that don't like Quinn Snyder, that frankly would rather have had Dennis Lindsay stay and Quinn Snyder go, which I think is absurd. Um, I still maintain that Quinn Snyder is the right guy to lead this team. Now, if they fall flat on their face, Quinn's probably out of a job this year. Um, but I think he, he has no problem with that. And I think if you look at the vets that are on this team, I mean, again, I, I, I think that Quinn Snyder's the right guy. I, uh, what can he get out of Rudy Gobert? Uh, because Rudy is going to be the make or break on this team. Um, the defensive liability in, in the half court, especially in the postseason, um, is not going to go anywhere. Teams are still going to continue to do that. So the question is, does Hassan Whiteside fill that? Does Eric Pascal fill that? Does Rudy Gay fill that? 
maybe to a certain extent. You know, um, there was, uh, you know, a Jazz fan was tweeting the the dunk yesterday that Terrence Mann had on Rudy Gobert. And I, I, I say that because every big man gets dunked on. Who cares? The issue is not Rudy Gobert at the rim. If you're going to challenge Rudy Gobert at the rim, I'm going to say thank you very much. Even when you score, I think you're doing Rudy Gobert a favor challenging him at the rim instead of exposing him in the on the perimeter. Yes. Because anytime Rudy's out of the paint or halfway to the corner, you're in a better place offensively. Yeah, if you said to me, hey, you know, to win a championship, you've got Rudy Gobert at the rim against the best dunker in the league, I'll take my chances. Yeah, Rudy. I'll take you know Rudy I mean? every day. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they're still very good. I, You know, when I look around the West of the Western Conference, I think it's pretty interesting what's going on in Phoenix. I mean, I think Landry Shamet is a nice addition to that team. Um, I think they're a better team than they were. Chris Paul's health is always going to be the deal. Um, you know, water's wet. Chris Paul's hurt in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, both thumbs and excuses and your mom, we totally get it. Right. Right? Like, you were not good enough last year, Chris Paul, and you you – and Devin Booker combined struggled in the finals, and that's why the Suns didn't win a championship. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that they're better than that now. Um, I think Landry Shamit showed in in Brooklyn that he's capable of scoring, and he's capable of being a guy that can get you a big bucket when it matters. And I think that was a nice pickup for them. I actually think the the Phoenix Suns are doing the exact right thing on DeAndre Ayton. Um, I am not an Ayton fan. We've talked about that a lot. I think his offensive upside is incredible, um, but he's not a strong physical player. He is soft as butter. Um, I mean, the guy just is not somebody that wants to bang. Yeah, he, You can get him physically. He'd much rather shoot a jump shot than go shoulder to shoulder for a layup. Um, and in this league, bigs need to be able to bang. And DeAndre Ayton's not a guy that wants to go after it and get it, Jake. So I, I'm actually okay with what they did with him. Yeah, I think the only question that remains in Phoenix with the Ayton situation is, let's say that you do let him go into free agency and he's no longer a Phoenix Sun. What are you doing to backfill that? Because the truth is, you know, I do agree that he is soft as a player. Yes. But the fact is, is he made a ton of plays to get you to where you were. I mean, I mean, the Jay Crowder alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton to win that game is one of the greatest plays in postseason history in recent oh, I, times. I would absolutely agree with that. You know, so it's like it's this hard thing that with Ayton that I feel like, okay, yes, this guy can really play basketball and he can really get the job done for you. But at the same time, when you needed him most, when you needed him to beat up Giannis, when you needed him to get into the nitty-gritty against the Bucks to win a championship, he didn't get the job done. And so so the only question that really remains is being that he wants a max and you're not willing to pay him a max, who are you backfilling DeAndre Ayton with when the time comes? That's a huge question. And by the way, when contract conversations are looming over a team, that's usually not good news, as we're seeing with you know, like the Ben Simmons situation or any of these other awkward situations, just add eight into that list. Um, I, I, it's just not ideal. That's the thing. It's not ideal. And by the way, it's really hard to get to the finals two years in a row unless your name is LeBron James. So I would also say that about Phoenix. Well, I think one of the things that's really interesting too is the Denver Nuggets situation. With Michael Porter Jr. not being vaccinated and likely not going to be available for a lot of games, the the Denver Nuggets are not nearly as lethal as they are with him. And what MPJ shows you is, one, he's valuable. They give him a massive extension. Two, without you know Murray there, he actually did a really nice job of shooting the three, mm -hmm. getting into the basket, creating offense. Like, 
he is a very, very good player, and he's not vaccinated. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Nick Rolovich coming up in a minute, and here's the problem with, with the vaccine debate in the NBA and in sports in general. It creates a divide. It puts a line down the middle of your locker room, and guys are on one side or the other. And I think you're seeing in Brooklyn that just about everybody's on the other side of the line from Kyrie Irving. And it's starting to sound like it um, because in Denver because Michael Porter Jr. said the other day, oh, I'm just waiting for more research to come out. He's using the research excuse, yeah. which has been you know, obviously roundly panned. He claims that he needs more scientific data. I think that's HIPAA. Um, I mean, it, it, it's crazy to me that we are still – going through this, um, you know, and he says that he will not get vaccinated until there's years and years and years of data. Well, then he's not going to play in the NBA. I mean, I, you know, I, I just think that that is it. And I want to be really, really clear on this too. Like this is not a, Hey, do we think vaccines are good or bad or otherwise? Right. That's not the conversation that's being had in the NBA. I can, I can assure you of that. The conversation being had in NBA locker rooms is, hey, man, we're a team, right? Like, I didn't necessarily want to get the vaccine, but I did for the sake of the team. Why are you not getting the vaccine? Why are you not getting the shot? We need you. That's the conversation that's happening, and that's why yeah. you see the the Nets situation go down the way it did with Kyrie because what do we have in that situation? And I think this is really important. Kyrie Irving told the owner of the Nets – that he was going to get vaccinated. I'll take care of it. It's not going to be an issue. But yet here we are. And so I think a lot of leadership, like a lot of executives, owners, GMs, head of player personnel, those kind of guys are taking notes on the Kyrie Irving situation and saying, hey, if we have a, you know, a, a vaccine guy on our team, if we have that kind of situation going down, we're not playing any games with that. And so that's why I say I think you make a great point. If Michael Porter Jr. is not, a, is not playing for the Denver Nuggets the majority of the time, they're a completely different team, let alone the Jamal Murray ACL situation. Well, think about where he can't play. He can't, go any, he can't play any games in California. Mm-hmm. He cannot play any games in New York, mm -hmm. so he can't play the Knicks or the Nets. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, those are a lot like the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors. Those are all the top teams in the Western Conference. Yes. And you start realizing that he can't play in against the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Like, he's going to miss some really important games on the road. The question really needs to be asked, when can he play? <laughs> like, yeah. that's the question that has to be asked because because more and more it seems like every day there's an update about, oh, well, you know, this random-ass state just put out a vaccine you know, yeah. mandate or whatever saying that you can't be inside or you, we all we've all we all hear it in the news. Right. So so what I'm getting at and what we're getting at here is that is that the vaccine situation in the league for 95% of the players is not an issue. Most of the guys are vaccinated and this isn't a problem, but there are a couple, you know, top flight players who are not and that's going to cause issues. Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving and Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. are the three biggest names. And so my question is, the thing that is amazing to me, my question is where where is where is any of the data that suggests there's an issue with the vaccine? Yeah. And this is the this is the ultimate debate. We've seen no real hard numbers. Um, and the vaccine is, is by some accounts, the most studied medical supplement in the history of the, the world at this point. And there, are, there have been 
essentially, especially with the Pfizer vaccine, there have been no side effects seen. Yeah. I mean, it's remarkable to me that we still, in when there's this much money on the line, we're still having this conversation. And that's the other fascinating thing, too. That's the other, you know, fascinating thing, like with Ben Simmons. Why do you guys think Ben Simmons was at Sixers practice yesterday? Yeah, because he didn't want to give up all that money, right? Now, he's not a vaccine situation, right? Yeah. That's not that's a different kind of situation. But that's my right. point just is is that with the vaccine thing, it's going to get to a point where where you're going to start losing money and you're going to start losing respect and you're going to, frankly, get to a point where you're going to start losing your career. And, and these guys, I'm telling you, if you said to Michael Porter Jr., hey, dude, get vaccinated or you're never playing another NBA game again, I think he would reconsider his decision to not get vaccinated. Yeah. I really do. All right, let's get some of your comments. Edgar Garcia, good morning to you. He says, what's up, my boys? James Knight, good day, lads. What up? Brylark says, morning, boys. Ol' Rolovich out at Washington State and Big Ed O not returning to LSU. Could he be going to USC? Can we just stop Ed Ogeron back to USC? <laughs> that was an abject failure when he was at SC. Like, we should just stop that now. You're not hiring Lane Kiffin. You're not hiring Urban Meyer. And you're not hiring Ed Ogeron at USC. Like, just stop with Ed O back. And not particularly to you, Bryce, but like so many people are like, oh, wow, I mean, he, he, no. He had his girlfriend's running plays at practice. Do you understand that's part of the reason that coaches and players were so pissed at Ed Ogeron? He had his girlfriends bring their kids to practice and the kids were running pass patterns with the LSU football team. Bruh. Yeah, what are we doing? Ed Ogeron's not going back to USC. No. He's not. Uh, James Knight says Denver are sleepers, in my opinion. There's a lot of people who think that. Well, I think they're a sleeper every year, but the fact is, is you're not, you're, you, you, you can't get to the, you can't be the best team in the Western Conference at the end of the year come playoff time if Michael Porter Jr. hasn't played 90% of your games and Jamal Murray is, Again, what's you know, Jamal Murray going to be back coming off of That's what I'm saying, dude. You don't know. And that's why this Michael Porter Jr. situation is an even bigger deal. I'm, I'm not trying to blow things out of proportion, but... But it would be one thing if the whole team was healthy, right? Will even even Will Barton's been dealing with some things. So like as always. Like right? So so that's why I say they they perhaps more than any other team on the COVID situation list need their guy. Like they need him. And and that's frankly why like his performance is how he got that extension. So now to know that he's not gonna play most of his games is a problem. Yeah. That's an issue. Yeah, Brylark says, uh, agree with James Knight. Nobody's talking about Denver, but they have a stacked team. Uh, they're going to give other teams problems. Yeah, you would think, all things being equal. Uh, Doc J-Ball for filthy casual. <laughs> what the fuck are you? Okay. What kind of name is that? Doc J-Ball for the filthy casual. Okay. I think that the change of training for Mike Conley will go a long way. Yoga is highly underrated for longevity and recovery. Also, I'd love to see a tighter defensive effort from the Jazz as a team. Well, Mike Conley can do yoga all he wants. The issue to me is not yoga. The issue to me is not dexterity and flexibility. The issue with Mike Conley is DNA. There are just some guys who get hurt. There are just some guys who wear street clothes more nights than they were a uniform. Yeah. That's just who Mike Conley is. 
And I agree with Tony Jones of The Athletic. Don't play Mike Conley on back-to-backs. I mean, you have a guy in, in Jared Butler who's capable of doing the job. Yep. Don't play Mike Conley on back-to-backs. Why would you, right? Like, I, you have to treat this guy like he is absolutely fine China and yes. just be careful. You need him for the playoffs. Spencer Morgan says uh, Ocheron is not going to USC, LOL, exactly. Uh, poor Rolovich. The guy's name is Poor Rolovich. <laughs> says go Jazz. Okay. I love – okay, we're this is becoming a thing on the show, and I just want to point this out. I love that people are updating their names on YouTube based on the stories that are happening in sports. Like, yesterday it was Dax Johnson. No, Dax Johnson, that's his given name. Dax Johnson. Bro. He is here. He says, hey, Jake, has the teacher seen your Dax Johnson yet? Bro, stop. Stop. I, I'm not – No. No. What? Nope. And just kind of scruff it and play with it no. when it's wet. No. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah, scruff no. it and play with it when it's wet. No. Yeah. Nope. 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 Okay. He, he Dax. Yeah. yeah. Next question. Yeah, you're gonna have to settle down. Um, there's no way uh, Spencer Morgan says there's no way Snyder's rotation get bigger with Lindsey gone. No, that's not gonna happen. Uh, that was a Dennis Lindsey thing pushing him to play developmental guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he also says MPJ greater than uh, Jamal Murray. Uh, yeah, I think Michael Porter Jr. is really critical to the Denver Nuggets. And to have him be that anti-vax that he won't play or get vaccinated to play, there you go. Yeah, please um, respect my privacy. Next yeah. question. Jeremy Bolton says, love how Rolla Dick is calling religious exemption for the vaccine. Dude is a Catholic, and last time I checked, the Pope said to get vaccinated. I really don't care if you think it's sus. Did you? Yeah, right? That is totally sus. Is. That is totally it's sus. so out there, dude. Like, you're not a religious guy, dude. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, just get vaccinated. Never claim religious exemption in the past. Bro. Never. Like, I just can't get down with these guys who are like, uh, I'm converting to Islam in the middle of the season. I'm going to need five nights off. Like, What? What do you mean, Kyrie? What do you mean, dude? There are just some guys who aren't worth it. And I don't think the Nets need him to win a championship, but you know. Well, Kyrie is definitely one of them. But you look at you look at certain guys, and you're just like, this is not worth it. Cole like, Beasley. Cole Beasley, not worth it. Nick Rolovich, not worth it. You're at Washington State, man. This ain't SC. Like it, you're not worth it. Yeah. You're, you're just, you're, you're, you're not, you're not worth it. Yeah. Like if you're a headache on a baseball team, Evander Kane in the NHL just got suspended 21 games for violating the NHL's COVID protocols. You're not worth it. Yeah. You're not worth it, man. Like, and that's the difference too. Like I feel man. like in the NFL and major league baseball, the teams are so much bigger, right? Like in the NFL, you've got 50 guys standing on the sideline. Major League Baseball, you've got, like, what, 27 guys, I think it is now that they expanded the rosters to, plus the coaching staff. So you probably got, like, 40 people in the dugout, you know, that you hang out with yes. on a daily basis. Dude, the NBA is, like, 20 people. It is a small, tight-knit community that you literally live with day in and Look day out. Look at the Arizona Cardinals. Perfect example. Best team in the NFL, ravaged by COVID right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's unbelievable. GM, and head coach, players. You. Yeah, and they're still beating you, but it's because Baker sucks. Yeah, he does. But the point is, um, it's it, some guys just are not worth it. I mean, you can you can go up and down the list, and 
Um, you know, I, I just I'm amazed by it. Yeah. Um Q Sam says Paul George will win the MVP. I've heard this quite a bit. A lot of people are on Paul George to win the MVP this year, Jake. What do you think? Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, he definitively he has to definitively be the reason that they do something. You know, he's gotta be he has to be without a doubt the reason that they get to the finals or whatever. You know, like Is Kawhi becoming injury? A little bit plagued. A little bit. A little bit. Yep. A little bit. I wonder how many how much the mileage on his legs. And this is my thing about the Lakers. I mean, I I don't believe that the Lakers are old, but every one of their guys has a lot of mileage on the tires. Yeah, and I, and I think you know? again, like whether it's the Jazz, the Lakers, you know, even the Nuggets with Jamal Murray, I would say I'm telling you, injury prevention is just as important in winning a championship as X's and O's. It yep. literally like it is the end all be all. Uh, James Knight says, I'm not sure Mike played too many back-to-backs last season, did he? He played enough. Like, the final injury came during the T-Wolves back-to-back. Yes, in which you so, got your ass kicked both legs. Yeah, Dax Johnson says, I'm sorry, but I, uh, I'm i sorry, I'll behave, but I've never seen anyone correlate a joke with Dak Prescott in my name. Love your show. <laughs> it's what we do on this show. Hey, man, man that's, that's just what it is, bro. We get weird. Yeah. Uh, James Knight says... I'm betting these guys are vaccinated before Christmas. You would think so. Like, how long do you hold? Because that's essentially, is is it too strong to say, like, these guys that are, are choosing not to get vaccinated are essentially holding out? Is that, like, is that harsh? Because I feel like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think mean, this, you're right. I mean, this is like, this is like, this is like Le'Veon Bell holding out for his contract. This is like any of these guys making a selfish-ass decision to hold out you know, and not play games until they get it the way they want. Yeah, I, and I, I just don't see the, I just don't see the upside to it. Like what, what is somebody help me understand the win? Like, what is the win? If, if you are, if you're any of these guys, help me understand what the win is here. Cause I don't get it. I don't see in any way, shape or form how this ends well for Michael Porter jr. Cause you're not going to play games. So you're not getting pension credit for playing games. Right, you're you're not making the money on games that you're not playing because in the NBA they have a policy. If you are unvaccinated and you are not playing games, you're not getting paid for those games. Yes. So what's the upside for Michael Porter Jr.? You're not going to play on national TV because again, you're not going to be playing against the biggest names. Oh, by the way, when you are on the road, not in New York or California, guess what? You're not allowed to leave the team hotel. Yeah. You're not allowed to go out to restaurants and dinner with the team because they're vaccinated and you're not. You can't do anything. Like, what is the <laughs> upside here? By the way, with with Michael Porter Jr. and all these guys who, who are like, oh, I got to do more research. Are you not some of the healthiest people on the planet? Are you not some of the most well-conditioned human beings? that the world has to offer? Are you not like in the best shape of, of people of the top 1% of athletes in the world? Like, come on, dude. Like, it's not like I could kind of see it. I could, when Before it was FDA approved, before Pfizer was FDA approved, I could kind of get down with it. Like, okay, it's not 100% backed by the government yet. Like, we kind of had to rush this thing out. Like, okay, I get it. It's FDA approved now. There's and no questioning it. so many millions of people have taken the Pfizer vaccine. What more do you need to see? And there's really been no negative side effects. It hasn't killed anybody. This is not the blood clot vaccine, like, which they've now worked through. Like, vaccines work, and there really is no side effect known to man at this point. Why would you put yourself through all the difficulty? That's the thing, like, and, and, and I'm really glad we're staying away from, like, politicizing all this. I like that we're keeping this just, like, like just very basic. 
dude, if you don't take the vaccine, your your career is literally going to burn You're down. You're damaging for a yourself, season. like it is. You're damaging yourself. There's yeah, no doubt it about sucks. it. Um, Brylark says Nets gonna gotta trade Kyrie. Have to. Yeah. Harden and Durant were better duo this past year. Well, again, they got to stay healthy. But yeah, I totally agree. You gotta trade Kyrie. You have to trade Kyrie. Dax says, uh, I, I I may have missed it, but what's your prediction for the Jazz this season? Really pumped for the season to start. Yeah, me too. Jazz tip off tomorrow night. Do you mean prediction like win total, where they're going to finish? I mean, I I think all of that. I I think this feels like a fifty win team to me again. Yeah, uh, fifty to fifty five wins because you're going to load manage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I I actually hope this team does not get home court advantage because I really want them to value health over wins. Just make the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Hell, finish eighth. I don't care. Right. I mean, I think as long as you stay out of the play in tournament and you're in the playoffs, that's great. You know, like obviously at the end of the season, you're going to want to watch your matchups and stuff, but don't value getting the best record in the NBA because it, it usually does not mean much. I mean, you lost on your home floor last year. What does home court advantage really mean in today's NBA? Yeah. I don't think it means that much. Yeah. So I want this team to be healthy. I would love to see this team, and I think they'll win 52 to 55 games. Um, I think that you are looking at an MVP-type season for Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think he won't win it because it's very tough to win it until you win something. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if he can get into the MVP race, which I think on the floor quality-wise, he will as long as he stays healthy. Um, but yeah, if, if all things remain equal, they win 52 to 55 games. I think that this is the year that they have the talent in the roster to, to really make a run toward the Western conference finals. Um, and it's it from there, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, it really is a crapshoot. I, uh, again, I'm just going to say, I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the championship. I, I think that at some point, whatever happens with this Kyrie deal, he either gets vaccinated, and, and they're even saying if he gets vaccinated that he's broken the the bond with his team, his ownership, his front office. Steve Nash apparently is frustrated with him. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to move him no matter what. Um, so my feeling is, is that that would be good for them, and I think that they'll wind up winning a championship. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and I think the biggest thing that you have to remember is look how far Kevin Durant, you know, can take a team basically on his own against what what you know ended up being, you know the 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 championship team in the Bucks, right? I mean, you're talking about Kevin Durant being less than an inch away from beating them on a jump shot. So I think w- my point here is, yes, Kevin Durant's awesome and everything, but this team is just better than basically any team in the league when they're healthy. That that again, I know we started the conversation yep. off with. Health is paramount, and it really, really is because when these teams are healthy, you know, th- there's just no debating that they're better. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I Health is such an unknown. Mm-hmm. Health is so man-to-man. It's fast. It's always fascinated to me. It's whether any sport you play, there are just some guys who can't stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, let's get some more of your comments in here. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, how about Evander Kane from the Sharks getting suspended 21 games for faking a COVID card? Yeah, dude. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I, I Evander Kane has been a huge problem for many years. Many, many years. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, top of the morning, gentlemen. Eric, good to see you, my friend. Yeah, how was your summer break? I saw on Twitter that your uh, your literally your bio says back from summer break. So how'd that work out for you? 
Yeah, hope you're well. James Knight says, I'm not sure Mike played too many back-to-backs last year. Uh, truth, um, let's see. James Knight says, the eventual financial and social pressure will win out in the end. You would think so. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, next man up. If they don't want the vaccine, they can get out of the way exactly. Yeah, dude. Eric C. says, they don't even watch jazz games, though. Who are the jazz? Like, Oh, you mean like the instruments? Like a, a trumpet or something? Yeah, yeah, I we don't. So. A trombone? You, something like that? Yeah. I mean, w- I, I don't know. I feel like Carl Malone's going to have a pretty good season this year. Yeah. Uh, but I heard he might retire after the season. Darn. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, I can't imagine why the Nets or any other team would want Kyrie and his headache issues. Uh, his head case issues, excuse me. Yeah, he's a pain in the ass. Yes. I mean, he wrecked Boston. He divided Cleveland. He's gone to Brooklyn now and wrecked and divided Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable how high maintenance that guy is. Like, Where it does is, the Kyrie train go next? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, um, I don't know. Eric C says, which bowl game are the Aztecs going to, Monty? Uh, probably your mom.com. <laughs> Bet you weren't expecting this one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking it is the um, uh, pool in OnlyFans bowl. <laughs> just so you can go to Pound Town. Shake your pyramid. Um, you know, it is what it is. I, I love the NBA. Yeah, I do. I don't have a favorite team. Two people have asked who my favorite team is. I grew up in Chicago. By the way, the Raging Bull is on the wall today. Air Jordan 5. His airness. They call it the Toro. You know, uh, I'm a Bulls fan, I guess, if I was one team. Um, But I'm more of a fan of players. I mean, I want to procreate with Devin Booker, Um, you know, preferably his girlfriend because she's, well, she's hot. Uh, But I am more of a, like, my favorite player is Devin Booker by far. Um, you know, but I'm a casual observer. Obviously I watch every jazz game. So how do you not root for a team you watch every day? Um, you know, like, but I enjoy watching the nets though. I like the Lakers. I like watching the Lakers, uh, especially when they lose. Um, I'm interested to see how long LeBron can hang on and gravy train some money out of the Lakers. Yeah. Um, he should retire soon. Uh, I'm interested to see how he does with the power forward in all seriousness. Uh, I've just, you know what I, and I'm not a LeBron guy. Nope. I've never been a LeBron guy. Nope. I just think he is he's a really good player that just doesn't win enough for me. Like you're talking about and win enough. The guy the guy the guy's got multiple championships, which is all that should matter. But when you go to the finals as much as he has and you lose as much as he's lost, 70% of the time, you can't be the best player to ever play the game. You just can't, especially when the other guy that you're compared to is undefeated. In less opportunities. So suck it. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I think, I think again, the, the NBA has become a Western conference league. Yeah. Um, I think there are far more storylines in the West. I don't think the bucks will repeat. I think Milwaukee, you know, although Giannis with this jump shot now has been remarkably consistent. Here's the thing that nobody wants to admit. Last year was a fluke year in the league. A lot of teams didn't have their full assembly of, of players. A lot of teams were, you know, 50%, you know, and, and so when I look at the path that the Bucks had to take, it really wasn't that difficult of a path. I mean, the, the toughest team that they ended up facing was the Suns. I mean, let's put that into perspective. Like they, the, like, yeah, the, the Nets series was, was definitely physical, but I felt like overall, you know, toughest series was the Suns in the finals. And so I look at the Western conference now and I'm like, okay, yeah. What it what you know what what are I'm telling you the Warriors are going to come out and they're going to be a thing. I I just I just firmly believe that. I feel like 
Clay has had two years, two full seasons of not playing to get his body into phenomenal shape and to really, you know, do it the right way, which I think is crucial for comebacks. So, like, I would expect big things out of Klay Thompson this year. And I think Steph Curry's going to have another MVP-level season. I just I just truly believe that. So, when you they're, they're the same team that they were when they won a championship. So, I'm telling you, don't forget about teams like that because they will make a lot of noise. Yeah, and I, I wonder, you know, who's going to be the emerging team in the, in the East? I mean, are the Wizards any good? Um, that's to be determined. I mean, they're going to be better without Russ, I think. I think it's the Bulls. The Bulls are the emerging team. You know, you you add that talent, you do some things. You're you're. They're definitely going to be a playoff team, no doubt about that. All right. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, final win total for the the Jazz this coming season. Fifty three. I think it's fifty three. I'll say fifty five. Okay. Fifty five. Do they win the Western Conference no. championship? Oh. Uh. uh. No, I don't think you win the Western Conference Championship this year. Do they go to the Western Conference Finals? I think that's a distinct possibility, yes. But I just, I don't know. I have a tough time seeing them beating a fully healthy Lakers team, a fully healthy, you know, Nuggets Clippers team. team, Clippers, the Suns, the Warriors. Like you The have Warriors all these are teams. one of the most fascinating unknowns in the NBA. Yeah, and I'm just telling you, like, <laughs> you know, remember who we're talking about here. organizationally speaking, we're talking about an organization that basically cultivated, you know, what two championships out of the draft. And then you added a third with KD, right? I think that's, I think that's the setup. So, I mean, they revolutionized the league with Steph Curry. So if there's anybody that could, if there was any organization that could take a guy who blew his ACL, then blew his Achilles in the ACL rehab and get him back to where he needs to be, it would be the Warriors. So that's why I say I just don't have any doubt that they're going to be back. All right. All right, cool. Um, Let's talk Pac-12 football for a minute after we read some comments. Um, Eric and Raleigh says, my summer off was good. I needed to take some time away from Twitter because I was getting down in the pit. Okay. Eric C says, just saying there's a reason why BYU isn't ranked in the Aztecs are a stop with that. Like, I. <laughs> oh, San Diego State. Oh. Eric? Please. Bro, it's San Diego State. It, it is what it is. I, I, I just. I, you play in the Mountain West. You're playing. Uh, you're literally playing your mom's knitting club every week. It's like, I, I, seriously. You're. Uh, like, how do you. How do you. You can't justify, oh, well, San Diego State's better than BYU. No, they're not, dude. No, they're not. Uh, I You barely held on to beat a Utah team that BYU beat pretty handily, right? Well, and I know you got a big win over Wachahatchee, California Technical Institute of Flower Growing, but you're in the Mountain West. It is what it is. Craig Thompson's a cock. And it's the mountain least. If you felt these balls, settle down. <laughs> and by the way, let's go get some burritos at Los Coyotes Cafe. Uh, James Knight says, uh, what'd you guys make of Montrez Harrell and Doncic? Luka Doncic is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. Yeah. Not a winner. Not a winner. Um, I know that's not popular. Jeremy Bolton says LeBron's about LeBron. Um, Eric and Raleigh says it seemed Draymond might have his head on straight too, which is always good. I would agree with that. He's matured. Doc J says, I agree with Jake on the bulls. I think if the wizards can put it all together, they could make a seven, eight seed. Well, what about the Sixers though? 
I mean, what do they wind up doing with Ben Simmons? And you can't tell me he's not going to get traded, dude. Come on. I, I I think it's almost impossible to understand the landscape of the NBA until after the trade deadline. Yeah, this is the Joe I mean, Ingles conversation. You look, know, like, it, it, look at Avery Bradley getting released and then winds up back with the Lakers. I mean, yeah, where's Joe Ingles end up? Who let me? Who at this point? Who's not a Laker? <laughs> Can I, we seriously, have, like, dude? Seriously. Um, it's San Diego State's Cinderella year. We can feel it. Well, I don't think. Yeah, I know what time it is. Yeah, I think that's probably a crime if you're doing that in public. Um, Jeremy Bolton says San Diego State did beat Bishop Sycamore this year. Well, and that's a <laughs> that's a quality win. Look at Jeremy Bolton uh, pulling out Bishop Sycamore. Bro. Again. Uh, all right. That was my San Diego State bit. Eric says, Brylark says, because it's garbage. extreme left turn. They haven't found Brian uh, laundry yet. Is he dead lying low or in another country? No, he's, he's chilling on Jeffrey Epstein's Island. And as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, Brian laundry needs some time. Speaking of needing time, uh, <laughs> Nick Rolovich got that ass fired yesterday. See you later. So let's talk some, uh, let's talk some, Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Didn't did Washington State do the right thing? Yes. Why? Because Nick okay, Rolovich great. signed an agreement. <laughs> I thought you saying, were going to stop it because no, Nick Rolovich signed an agreement saying he'd get vaccinated. You didn't get vaccinated. All right. See you later. It's that simple. It does. This conversation is not based on whether you think vaccines work or or you know the you know the politics behind vaccines or any of that it's really really simple vaccines salary numbers uh performance expectations you signed an agreement and you did not hold up your end of the bargain Kyrie Irving Nick Rolovich Michael Porter Jr so no I don't I like yes I think they did the right thing and no I don't feel sorry for any of these guys in in the whole I got to do more research thing just doesn't fly with me either because I, I, I agree with your point that you've always made, which is millions of people have gotten vaccinated. So did Washington State do the right thing? Absolutely, 100%. Twice on Sunday, they did. And I think what nobody wants to talk about, including the players in that locker room, is by him not getting vaccinated, he's setting a, a, a really poor example. By the way, the head coach of your football team at a major university is a leader is a, is a leader like a leadership personality across the entire campus. Everybody knows who you are. So if you're not getting vaccinated, what about all the students? What about all the faculty? What about everybody else? So I think it's hundred percent the correct move. All I know is there's been over 6.72 billion doses of the vaccine in 184 countries. And we're giving out 26 million doses a day. And we have not had any major deaths, side effects. Like, this is the thing I'm struggling with. And when you are an entity like Washington State, which has a vaccine mandate for all state employees, you know what it is. You're out. And he and four of his assistants at Washington State are now fired. Yeah. And I think it is very clear that one of the real problems for the, the, especially early, it's not so much now because of the plethora of vaccines, but one of the real problems early was college campuses were super spreader sites. Um, so there were a lot of colleges last a year ago that were not in session. So I just don't think you can take the risk. And the thing that's amazing to me is 
we continue to see this fight going around the world. Um, you know, like I, I just think it when we're looking at vaccination rates globally and and you know, when you're looking at immunity around the world being six months away because you need seventy five percent of the population. Yeah. It's it's people like Nick Rolovich that stand in, in between that. Because Nick Rolovich has incredible influence over the kids he coaches. And you're talking about 150 to 175 kids at any given time that Nick Rolovich has, you know, influence over. Yeah. I think this is the absolute right move. And it's not political. It just is what it is in Washington State. And I think if you are somebody that that is not advocating for vaccines, I think you don't have information or the right information to vaccine to to be against vaccines especially in a college atmosphere yeah so yeah i absolutely think they did the right thing now the timing sucks because you have football games to play and you're in the middle of a season and you're on a three wing game win streak but they were prepared they they knew this was coming you know this is this has been a long drawn out process so it's not as though they're like surprised but can you be prepared for your head coach and four assistants to be whacked yes because you knew that this was coming this is not some surprise resignation if they're not prepared that's on them i mean that's just as like you know that's pretty straightforward i feel like i mean you again how long have we been talking about nick the dick rolovich how long yeah. have we been, what has it been at least a month now right something like that so so you knew this whole time that he wasn't going to get vaccinated and he was trying to get an exemption. So if if you're the AD of Washington State and you're not prepared with another candidate to come in behind him or, or some sort of interim situation or whatever the case may be, well, that's on you. That's a problem you're just going to have to deal with. But but I, I don't know. I'd be kind of surprised if you've had a month to prepare, you finally fire the guy and you're not you don't have a plan to backstock it. Yeah, you would think. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I think BYU, and we'll talk about the BYU-Washington State matchup as the week goes on, but I think BYU's got to go up there and put their foot on their neck quick. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and, and we'll, we'll you know, play a little bit more of this, like, later in the week, but I but I think Kalani is, is, is pissed. I think, you know, if you go on Twitter and you see what he said about, you know, basically BYU not being physical – not executing on defense, not like, you know, he, he basically low-key criticized Harris Lachance for not playing and, and being hurt and they need him back. Like, like he's not happy. And, and frankly, it's so funny how this works in college football when you have one team who is losing games that, that uh, you know, that you can make a pretty good case that they should not be losing. And then you've got another team that just fired their head coach because of COVID situation. It just makes for one hell of a game. And I know Washington State is not a great team. I know that. I, I know it's not like they're playing the best team in the league, but but you can't tell me that this isn't going to be a, a really entertaining game. Yeah, going to Pullman's never easy, especially in October. And yeah. so it's it's going to be interesting. Best team in the Pac-12 is... Oregon. Yeah, fuck off. See, like, why did, it was easy. This was easy for you today. Oregon. All you had to say was Utah Utes football. Y'all about to fuck this up. Like, it was really easy, right? Oregon. God. Best team in the Pac-12, friends, is the Utah Utes. No. Uh, they are 3-0. and um, You know, the Utah defense and Cam Rising uh, absolutely dominated ASU in the second half. Um, you know, I, I just think... They're really good. And that defense, Devin Lloyd's got that defense together. 
Um, they're playing great football. That's just as simple as that. Like they are. I, I just, they're winning when they're playing the way they're playing now, they won every phase in the second half. I want to see them play Oregon. That's what I want. I want to see them go up against Verdell and stop Verdell. I want to see Devin Lloyd and that Well, the defense. problem is Verdell, isn't Verdell out for the year. Is he? Yes. Oh, I must have missed so, that. So, yeah, I mean, they, he, like Oregon, Oregon is a good, not great football team. They've mm-hmm. been that way all year. Yeah. And I think that that Ohio State win was a bit of a fluke. I mean, you we you knew what was going to happen at Stanford. Yeah. And it you ju- I just feel like like I don't even think I I don't think Oregon is better than ASU. I think Oregon's the third best team in the conference. Well, we'll and see. I think Oregon is one of those teams that um they're going to lose probably two or three of their last remaining 5-6 games here. Yeah. And I think it's going to be very difficult for them. Um, you know, the problem with Oregon is they can. They can play with anybody on the field during the in a game. They can. Yes. They absolutely they can. They don't though. And I think that the biggest issue is that I I think that they have bad moments at bad times. They have bad moments. Mm-hmm. And so I actually like them. Now, I value them more than UCLA. I mean, it was disappointing to see UCLA fall apart. Right. Um, you know, they, they, but, you know, I, so I think I would go Utah one, ASU two, Oregon three, UCLA four, and then, you know, a pile of crap after that. Because <laughs> I don't know what else you even point to at that point. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, I, 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 I don't even know, like, what do you make of Oregon State at four and two? I think that they still have a lot of proving to do. I think they're. I think the Pac-12 is full of brands who who are having good seasons, but are small-time brands. So you're not sure what to expect. You know, there, there's again, it's it's the reliability factor. You know, I know that. Hey, it's like being able to say Alabama lost the game, but then they came out and you know dominated Mississippi State or whatever to the tune of like 50 points. So, it's but like, this is so typical of the Pac-12, though. Yeah, I mean, this to, is this is what we get. I mean, this to is have Pac-12. Oregon State and Utah. Like you, you know running I mean? into each other this week is and, so typical and, based on where those two teams are. And think about the national perspective and how people view the Pac-12 who don't watch Pac-12 football as much as we do on the West Coast. Like, like I guarantee you, there are people saying, "Oh, it's Utah. Like they're they're nobody. Like you know who's that program? You know the East Coast, the East Coast Big Ten fan or whatever is like, who's Utah? Like they're they're not good. Like USC's not good. All right, that means the Pac-12 is not doing anything this year. I guarantee yeah. you, there are people like that. Biggest disappointment in the Pac-12 this year is USC all no, day. No chance. Washington. I mm-hmm. think Washington. I think Washington being a mediocre defense is. Shocking. When did we start expecting great things out of Washington? Like, I, well, I mean, they have the talent. I mean, that this has been. Jimmy Lake's a defensive guy. I mean, if you look at you know Pete Kwiatkowski and Jimmy Lake together have made some really good defenses. Yeah. And they're just not very good this year. Yeah, they're they're I mean, uh, the, the term is irrelevant. I mean, that's just what they are. They they that is and I and I was tweeting with some people about this, you know. The truth is is that the Pac-12 overall is largely irrelevant outside of like two teams. So, I just think that that you know, yeah. I wish that UCLA and USC were better. That's what I wish. I wish that the California teams um specifically those two uh, were more reliable with their performance year in and year out, but they never seemingly are. What do we? What what homer do we have in the comments? Well, you are a homer. Um, 
Tanner Plummer says, morning, Washington State did the right thing. Yeah. Brylark says, as a coach, how do you expect players to follow your rules when you won't follow the state rules? Truth. Or when you bring your girlfriends to practice. Yeah, there you go, Edo. Eric C. says, Brady Hoke to USC. Eric. Please. Um, <laughs> man, he, he is His just... troll level is amazing. Wow. What do you guys think the chances are that BYU-Wazoo game is canceled? Why would it be canceled? Yeah, what did I miss? Why would that game be canceled? Um, Tanner says, I've never seen Kalani this upset before. Oh, sure you have. Sure you have. Um, I think, man, if you go back to, what, three years ago? 2018? 2017? That wreck of a seat. Yeah, come on. Who are we kidding? Um, oh, he said 2017 season. He was never this upset. I don't think Brylark says, I don't think a game's canceled. I'm pretty sure it would be a forfeit. They wouldn't punish BYU. Why would, why would Washington state yeah, what cancel we, their game? We, what are you talking about? Why is this a conversation? About? They're not canceling their game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brylark says, okay, Monty, now you're smoking some hash. Oregon is by far the best team in the pack. No, they're not. They are not. I'm telling you they're not. Um, Eric C says the Pac-12 is lucky San Diego State isn't in it. The Aztecs would be running this ish. <laughs> See, at this point, there's so much San Diego State shtick that you know he's just trolling people. He with can't this. stop. Yeah. Eric and Raleigh says Pac-12 is a one double A league. Um, Eric C says Utah. Boom. BYU shouldn't count their blessings. They don't have to play San Diego State. <laughs> The Blind Swordsman DS says, Morning, boys. Y'all ready for some basketball? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, we are, dude. Giggity says, What religion did Roladick try saying was anti vax? Catholic. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next yeah, question. It's, that's, it's his religion's HIPAA. Uh, <laughs> Cam Harrison says, I enjoy Pac 12 football. I still think Oregon can win the Pac 12, in my opinion. Good morning, guys. Cam, good to see you. Here's the thing with Oregon this is, this is what you have to remember. So they're the 10th team in the country, right? So they have the national ranking, but. You know, you've got some injuries now. Obviously, we were just discussing that Verdell's out. So I think Utah right now here today is playing the better football, but I think Oregon is still a damn good team. And that's why I say I think um, – and I'd have to check the schedule. I don't know. They're going to match up, obviously. But, you know, when these two play each other, I, I, I that could definitely be for, you know, the Pac-12. Like, legit, that could be for the conference. So, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. Tanner says there's news that some Wazoo players are thinking of boycotting the game. I haven't seen that at well, all. Oh, good. I hope they boycott it. In good. fact, Jaden Delora put a statement out on Twitter that said we're together and we're gonna we're gonna show up and win games and show people how we do it. So if they're gonna forfeit, that tells you how divisive Nick Rolovich is, and he should have never been there in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I I just don't see that. Um BYU's game is not canceled. Don't you see Tanner? You come in here and you start talking about canceling games. You just it's not the best know. situation, and we all know that. All right. Um, okay. What else? We've got about twenty minutes. Okay. So, do we go Trump and Epstein? Oh yeah. Let's talk about how Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, see, you do this ish, and I I can't what? even. What? Okay, so there's a new book out. Yeah. And the book is essentially saying that Jeffrey Epstein was going to flip on Donald Trump. Yeah. The book also says that Donald Trump, Jeffrey Epstein believed that Donald Trump had him arrested 
so that he could leverage, Donald Trump could leverage Jeffrey Epstein to flip on Bill Clinton, who is known to have flown on Jeffrey Epstein's private jet multiple times mm -hmm. with the inference that Bill Clinton went to the island and, you know, became a, a dirty, you know, going to hell diddler. I'm going to do that. Which, again, I'm going to say it in a minute, so I'm not going to say it now. I think but that's HIPAA. Jeffrey Epstein also believed that the feds had him arrested so that he could flip on Donald Trump. Like, A, if you're Jeffrey Epstein, who aren't you flipping on? Um, and B, if you're the feds, are you really going to make a deal with the most notorious sex criminal in the history of this country? Yes, because you need, you're after bigger fish. Yeah. There's a bigger fish than Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. Yes. So world leaders. If let let me and if Donald Trump, if the feds pinched and it would have to be the state. Like are you telling me Donald Trump's own FBI was trying to flip Jeffrey Epstein no, to go so against it was, him? It was it was state prosecutor. It was a mix of state prosecutors and so basically this whole Trump Clinton dynamic, right? So so Trump had him arrested because he wanted to get dirt on Clinton because Clinton obviously was on the plane a lot. But um, Epstein thought he could make a deal to avoid jail time by flipping on Trump, which Trump didn't want, which is why people think that homeboy got, you know, taken care of in his prison cell. Iced. Yeah. Okay. First of all, where are you in life? Where are we in society? Yeah. Where are you in life, Bill Clinton? Where are we at in society today? Yeah, Bill Clinton, where are you in society today when you're so screwed because what you're apparently on Jeffrey Epstein's plane allegedly? Yeah, was that was that a pun there? He's so screwed or Okay, that could have been a pun. I like I'm just so naturally gifted. Right. But the point is Bill Clinton I mean that's how powerful sex is over Bill Clinton. Yeah. Donald Trump, you're the president of the United States and there's a guy out there that can flip on you and end your existence. Like this is the thing. And I always say this, so I'm sorry to be redundant. It's amazing to me that dudes with this kind of scratch, this kind of moolah, money, cash, lettuce, yeah, the juice, yes, the bread, find themselves in this kind of trouble over sex. What's an erection? Like, I'm... Dude, how? You got away with the Monica thing, the cigar-smoking insertion thing. Don't you know who I am? And all of a sudden, you're on Jeffrey Epstein's plane? And if you're Donald Trump, how many times have you gotten away with how many things? And now, allegedly, you were involved with Jeffrey Epstein, too? Ooh. Like, if you're his mistress, Jeffrey Epstein's mistress, who's still in jail, are you not terrified that you're going to commit suicide? No, you don't have to sweat bullets. Did you even notice what I said? If you are Jeffrey Epstein's mistress, are you not terrified that you're going to make, commit suicide? <laughs> As if it's not a choice, right? <laughs> right? Like, no, the... Oh, well, yeah, guys, so sorry. Um, Yeah, so she's actually dead. The yeah, camera she, went off for about an hour. She and, committed suicide. And, um, you know... So now you're on my side that he was murdered. What? <laughs> you were not a Jeffrey Epstein murder guy. No, you are not. No, I'm not at all. He committed suicide. Douche. I think he committed suicide. I do not believe he was murdered. 
So get your facts so, straight. I mean, he was murdered, bro. Okay. All day. Okay. All day. Make sure you hit subscribe and then comment uh, on this. I mean, like, do you do, like? Does it surprise you that so many powerful dudes wind up in trouble with sex? No, because I think that, that I, 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 it doesn't at all. I at think, all. I think that you know your Bill Clintons and Donald Trumps and Tiger Woodses and Jeff Bezoses and Brett Favres and all these guys think well, to that be clear. To be clear. To be clear. Tiger Woods didn't get in trouble for sex. He yeah, just well, had a whatever. lot of sex. He just ruined his entire freaking existence, right? He did ruined, he though? Yeah, he did. He did. And and then he got in a car accident in his Lexus where he rolled it over fifty times. Well, so, I don't think that had anything to do with the response or having sex. Yeah, well, whatever, dude. Whatever whatever is whatever. Dude, the guy the guy has a reputation problem because he wanted to have sex in the back of a van, not down by the river, but with a Perkins waitress behind the behind the restaurant. So my point just is, is all these guys think that they're above it and they're not going to get in trouble or get caught or have their reputation damaged. Here we go. Here we go. Jeremy Bolton says, dude was killed dead. Yep. Time and Scott says, Epstein didn't kill himself, TM. Yep. Um, Brylark says, I thought it was well known that Epstein was always a middleman who would blackmail powerful men for leverage by getting them to sleep with minors on film. Yep. Tanner says nothing good comes out of associating with Epstein and draft dodging, Don. Donnie. Okay. <laughs> James Knight says, Monty, don't bring up you know who in Jake's life. WTG, Jake, proud of you, dude. <laughs> I believe that's a teacher reference. Uh... Oh boy, show about to get fun, Brylark said. <laughs> See, that's what all the that this is what they're here for. He was murdered. And, Brylark, and Brylark makes the best point. What? Epstein's a small fish, which is terrifying. Yes, he is. He is. He is not so a big fish. Do you really think Donald Trump flew to his island and diddled yes. people? Yes. So in your opinion, Donald Trump. Donald Trump was part of it. Bill Clinton was part of it. A bunch of people were part of it. And I think what it was, honest to God, I think what it was is it was wow. a cool kids club. And I think that I think that Epstein was the guy facilitating the whole thing which ended up meaning he was the guy of leverage and the guy that ultimately paid the price with his life because guys like donald trump and or bill clinton depending on what you believe didn't want to get outed so what did they do they took care of it yeah man i i don't know um ace's wife is now who is oh boy ace. yeah this is a prime ace topic right yeah here. um you should watch your mouth you don't know who's listening Jeffrey Epstein is just the head of the snake. Okay, Do cool. you buy into that? Head of the snake meaning what, dude? Meaning like, that there are others out there, that his organization continues. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, stop. I'm, I'm sure that there are. Dude, here's the thing. And obviously there's a line with all this stuff, you know, the line of like, hey, you're crazy versus what's realistic. You can't tell me there are not more jeffrey epstein's operating in the world you just i just i can't get down with that there are there is too much money to be made there's too many too much life to live for people to not do bad things i don't know about that by the way go ahead and give us a thumbs up on this uh show right here that you're watching it really helps the channel grow and again make sure you hit subscribe because we're giving away this xbox series s at three thousand subs um appreciate you guys being here and following the show i so do you believe this book? Yes. You believe that. So you believe that Donald Trump and Bill Clinton were essentially locked in a death match over who was going to flip 
<laughs> Jeffrey. Epstein. Yeah. Well, I, no. So here's the thing. I think I think that what makes sense to me again this is my opinion i don't have anything behind this but just based on everything that we see you know books and news articles and everything that comes out what makes sense to me is there was a whole group of people and donald trump and bill clinton were involved in that group right who were going to this island and doing shady stuff to underage women like i don't have any doubt about that but i think the issue is is that yeah when you when you are when you are as high profile as those two are you're not going to let Jeffrey Epstein ruin your your life. You really think Bill Clinton wants to go to prison for his retirement? I don't think so, sir. So, you know, do you really think that Donald Trump wanted to lose his presidency over Jeffrey Epstein? Don't think so, sir. Former Prime Minister, uh, Israeli Prime Minister. This is crazy, too. Yeah. Former Israeli Prime Minister Ahud Barak was a frequent guest, almost a fixture, at convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's mansion in New York before Epstein's death in 2019, according to a new book. Book called Too Famous, The Rich, The Powerful, The Wishful, The Damned, The Notorious, 20 Years of Columns, Essays, and Reporting, will be released today and claims that uh, Barack worked hard to rehabilitate Epstein's image following a Miami Herald story in 2017 that broke the allegations of rape, molestation, and sex trafficking. Yep. Like this guy was connected. Yes. Connected. Dude. Yes. That's in the, like that's an Israeli prime minister. And you know how all this how this starts, right? It's how? literally Epstein in the beginning, I would guess that Epstein was somebody's assistant or like he was a small timer. And what happens is, is you start putting him in front of more people and he's just too good at talking to people. So one thing gets put together after another and all of a sudden he's one of the most connected people in the world. And then there is the bag man for Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, who is also caught the up bag in, man, <laughs> who is also caught up in this story. Yeah. According to a report from an insider, former Donald Trump advisor, Steve Van Bannon, had multiple conversations with billionaire child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, where he admitted that during the run-up to the 2016 election, he feared Epstein would run to the press with stories about Donald Trump. According to this book, which will be released today, Epstein believed he could bargain his way out of criminal charges by investigators by turning over information on both Donald Trump and former President Bill Clinton. Yes. Epstein believed the Justice Department had arrested him under the instructions of then-President Trump because they wanted information on Clinton, who had flown on his private jet multiple times. Yeah. The White House, though, through the Justice Department, was looking to press longtime Republican obsession and Trump ace in the hole and get Epstein to flip and reveal the sex secrets of Bill Clinton. Trump, if he was obsessed with Clinton, which he was, was also obsessed with Epstein and what Epstein knew about Bill Clinton. Yes. So not only was Trump concerned about his own skin, he wanted to get Clinton in trouble. Oh, no. There's more. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's what I'm saying. More. This just keeps going. Um, in the book, it is alleged that then-President Donald Trump's narcissistic qualities made him believe that Epstein would never release information on him. In his book, the author also recalls a phone call between Steve Bannon, who is currently being pressed by the House Select Committee to testify on January 6th insurrection. Bannon speaking to Epstein and admitting he feared what others' secrets the jet-setting financier 
might expose. It is very clear that Steve Bannon believed that Jeffrey Epstein was ready to let loose on then-president-elect Donald Trump. That's what I'm saying. Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Steve Bannon reportedly called Epstein on the phone and told him that he had feared him during Donald Trump's presidential campaign because he thought the financier knew secrets about Trump. You were the only person I was afraid of during the campaign, Bannon told Epstein. As well, you should have been, Epstein said to uh, Bannon. I was ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What did Jeffrey... That's why I'm saying. Now, here's the other question. Where did this information go? Because you can't tell me it just went, poof, he's dead, it's all gone. Yeah, you can't tell me somebody else doesn't know. And Ghislaine Maxwell, his mistress facilitator, what alleged... What is her nickname? Um, I can't remember. They call her something. I can't remember what it was. It's like it's like G it something. G-Max. G-Max. G-Max, okay, sure. I'm pretty sure it's G-Max they call sure. her. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell's brother talks family in groundbreaking interview with the I'm New York Post. I'm telling you, all of this oh, stuff fuck. is coming out, dude. Oh, um, I don't know what you do here. That's uh, what I'm saying. I, are you really telling me if you're Donald Trump right now that not only are you struggling financially by, by presidential standards, right? <laughs> Obviously he's fine, but like by presidential standards, you're struggling. You have all this stuff coming out and you think that you're not in trouble? You think that there's no risk for you? Come on, dude. She has been in jail for 471 days in New York after being arrested in July of 2020. Ghislaine, the former lover of billionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, will face six charges at her trial, including sex trafficking, conspiracy, and sex trafficking of minors. Oh. There are still concerns in the New York social circles and scene about what information Ghislaine Maxwell may have retained and about who come on she knows oh my god she knows you're done like you're you're done life is not long you're done yeah she will die you're done like i mean if you're donald trump i'm telling you this is mob level stuff dude this is like i want to know who's got the doll and is sticking the pins in the donald trump right because this guy's in trouble with everybody he owes everybody money. His company now has to sell this hotel. Did you hear this? No. That they're selling the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. Oh, what a shame. Because it's no longer making them money because he's not president. So they have to sell it. Like, I mean, he is he is by some accounts in financial ruin. And now he's got Jeffrey Epstein's now he's got Jeffrey Epstein's former mistress, lover, facilitator hanging over his head. Yes. Uh, this book is going to be bananas. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, Absolutely it, you, like, bananas. People will die. How did this guy get to... Donald Trump was president of the United States, man. Like, how did he get here? This is ridiculous. I, I don't this even... This is what happens when you play with bad people. I I don't even know what you do. Yeah. Um, prime ace topic, Eric C. says. Yes, it is. Eric C. <laughs> for those of you who don't know who ace is... Ace has been banned by YouTube multiple times, so he cannot. He can no longer comment on YouTube. And as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. <laughs> and so then apparently he got whacked by Instagram, so now his Instagram is something about his wife, and he only sends messages in vanishing mode. Vanish which mode. Which is so annoying. 
Anyway, um, Jeremy Bolton says Driftwood was off his rocker like 99% of the time. He was pretty passionate. <laughs> These are the legends of the show. <laughs> Giggity says if Donnie wasn't on that plane to the island, for sure his sons were. God, Eric is so creepy. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says the requirement to run for office is narcissism in sociopathy. Of course, Epstein's organization continues. You guys really believe yes. it's still happening? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, or no, excuse me. Eric C says, is that an Australian uh, saying, JB? I don't know. What's an Australian saying? JB. Who's JB? Jeremy Bolton. Oh. Dude was killed dead. I don't know what Jeremy Bolton said. Um, you know, uh, I just, do you guys think Jeffrey Epstein is still alive? No, I think that's also a thing. I don't. Th- I, he's dead. Shut up. People think he's yes. Still- oh, people think that he's still alive. And dude, I, him and dead, Tupac dude. are hanging out somewhere. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Maybe on his island. Stop with that. Come on. No. Nah, Come he's, on. I I personally think he's dead. Come on. But I do think he was whacked. Come on. Yeah. I think he was whacked. Come on. Yeah, dude. And then speaking of whacked, you spent three grand on a computer yesterday. Yeah. Not because you needed to. Yeah. But because you can. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to um, the Apple launch event for the new AirPods and the MacBook Pros was yesterday. Yeah. The new MacBook Pro is fire. I mean, I'm erect. I fire, just, dude. you know, so this it's amazing. So we updated our camera equipment on this show to shoot it in 4K so people could watch in 4K if they had the capability. Yes. So now what that means is that every time I'm exporting a video on my handy dandy MacBook Pro here, that's four years old. It takes like 20 minutes to export it, and it's a very slow and methodical plotting process. So I was like, okay. You you pinged me at work yesterday, and you're like, hey, dude, do you see the new MacBook Pro? You see what this thing's doing? And I was like, no. What's it doing? Pimp juice, bro. And, uh, yeah, so let's see. Let me let me go out and uh, pull the specs up here. It's amazing. This thing, um, the, the, they are using a new chip. So here's this chip, this, uh, this M1 Max, this M1 Max chip. Yeah. Basically allows you to work with the power of three full computers in a MacBook, you know, environment. Yeah. And use a quarter of the battery power because the chip is so efficient and powerful that it doesn't use battery life. It does not require long, consistent fan usage. And it just it just processes information much faster. And it's because Apple now uh, has their own silica system. They basically make their own chips. And it's amazing. Yeah. This chip. It powers. Yes, go ahead. Well, so it has. So I got that chip, the M1 Max. But then I also got uh, a terabyte of storage for this computer. Just terabyte. In case. Um, you know, and then it's got like four Thunderbolt ports. It's got the HDMI port that's back. It's got the big boy SD card mm-hmm. slot the that's big back. Big boy SD Yeah, not the mini slot. one, the big boy. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's awesome, dude. Like, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm going to get, um, unfortunately, the trade-in program for MacBooks is not a thing right now, I guess. It was a couple months ago, but they're not doing it for the newer models. So basically, I had to buy the MacBook, but then I can send this, my current MacBook, back in. Okay, well, this part I hate. And I'll get like 560 bucks for it or something like that. So the problem is, though, is that that's just Apple credit. It's not actual money, which I don't love. But, hey, the new iPhone will come out at some point, right? So whatever. It's fine. You know, I think it is. Um, I think what's really interesting is there's sheep like you all over the Apple universe. Yeah, I know. I'm a sheep. I'm totally a sheep, too. I, hey, man, I'm a computer guy. I use my computer every day. 
um cut I, video so, with it all the time so i got a new apple phone an yeah. iphone yeah i got new airpods yeah and i got a new apple watch oh you did get the new apple watch yes <laughs> yes yeah so um yeah. yeah so life is good life yeah. is good and I, I i'm a huge apple guy i i don't need the macbook you're the guy that does the audio and the video here i do the audio you do the video you're the one that needs it yeah um Hold the G, hold the goddamn phone. If we had a Grocock sighting, no, we have not had no, a Grocock sighting. Did I sighting. miss? Was Grocock in here, growing his? Uh, no, um, no, I don't think so. I don't think we've had one. Giggity. Before talking about Jake's dating life, you should drop a line from Van Halen's song "Hot for Teacher." There you go. Jeremy Bolton says Grocock took his Xbox and ran. Yeah, he really did. He really did. Man, I don't I'm happy hey, for the fine. kid, man. It's fine. He's still subscribed. You guys all voted for him, not me. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know. He stole the election, not us. Come it's on. It's fine. It's fine. By the way, uh, how's your workout yesterday? Oh, it was really good. You know, the rest day really treated me well. I slept <laughs> great last night. Everything was awesome. Uh, I I pulled it. I did something in my trap. Okay, here. so here's where we differ just a touch. Yes. You want to work out every day. I want to do like, something for every day. literally every day. Right, seven days and, a week. And I'm saying that you need one day a week where you just feed your body and let it rest. I think you need one day every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I think wow. that, yeah. like yesterday, all I did was I have a little workout set up in my basement. I have like a Bowflex, a Peloton, some really lightweight, a couple of yoga balls. So I, I used my foam roller and did some leg lifts, mm-hmm. um, used my BOSU and did some hamstring extensions, sat on my yoga ball with some five-pound dumbbells and tweaked my trap. Yeah. So today's overhead press is going to be not fun. Yeah. Should probably drink water. Yeah, I probably should. <laughs> I probably, probably should. should. <laughs> like, um, yeah, no kidding. Nick's Chubb has a strain. Yeah, it's it's uh, the Browns are disappointing, dude. One of the most disappointing teams in the league this year. Uh, the eclectic redhead. Hey, baby. Says, I like AirPod Air. Well, what? I like AirPods Max. Yeah, okay. I, I just don't know why they call them AirPods at that point because they're technically headphones. They're like over the ear. They're interesting. Yeah, that. But I don't. Yeah, why do you call them AirPods? They're over the ear. That's they the look thing. like Beats Pros. Yeah, that's exactly what they look like. Yeah. So I don't uh, know. It's weird. Jeremy Bolton says Monty pulled his Nick Chubb. I did. Yep. Yep. I did. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. But I'll tell you, the greatest invention ever: massage gun. That thing is... It works. It matters. Amazing. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, I agree. You should probably play the music. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, Jeff wants to know when we're getting Mrs. Monty on the show. Uh, not today, because she's got unlaced pollen, Jordan 1 sitting on the floor, and she's on a call. So She's a hot mess. Yeah, I mean, she's got she's got stuff everywhere. She's got shoehorns on her desk. She's got... Uh, you know, it just... It is Any it is. dating update? Uh, no, I'm seeing the teacher Friday. Um... Yeah. So you're not out hunting anymore? Uh, I'm not hunting aggressively, no. Okay. Not yet. We'll see how the teacher plays out. You know, did you guys I talk, Did you guys talk yesterday? Yeah, a little bit. We don't We don't text a ton. Like, So she's not a huge um, texter. She's much more of the talk, FaceTime kind of thing. So like, we'll text a little bit, but not like to the point where we're texting all day or anything. Okay. So, okay. But no, things are in a good place. We're just, we're just you know. This week, she, like last week, she had days off so she could see me more. You mm-hmm. know, she had more time. This week, she works full week. So it's okay. Friday night. All right. That's, by the way, that's the update. By the way, five weeks away from Maui. I know. Got to put the PTO in. 
five weeks away from Maui. Yeah. Life looking forward good. to it. Looking, looking forward to it. Um, the eclectic redhead says, yeah, they shouldn't call them AirPods. No, they shouldn't. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's not it's not an AirPod. It's a it's a their headphones. You going to play the music or what? Oh, yeah. Sorry. OK, got it. My bad. Sorry. Can you do your job? No, this MacBook Pro is incompetent now. Um, AirPods. I agree. They shouldn't call them AirPods. Eric and Raleigh says, bye, Jake. Bye. Okay. That feels awkward. No, he's saying, because that's what we always say to end the show. Bye, Jake. Okay. Oh, say goodbye, Jake. Okay. My bad. See what he did there. All right. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>